Welcome back to the, uh, the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Uh, today, we are talking about million-dollar careers. I am uh, with my friend of more than 20 years, Rob Houghton. Rob is uh, an incredibly successful uh, executive recruiter. He runs management recruiters of Fairfax, which focuses on uh, insurance executives in the, uh, the Washington, D.C. metro area. Hey, Rob, you ready? What's going on, man? You making uh, man. a lot of money this week? I have cash and checks, baby. Just cash and checks. It's uh, it's been a very busy. It's been a busy week. Um, you know, it's amazing. You think about uh, post COVID and what's happening in industry and what's happening with people. And and uh, I've never seen a time where, you know, good talent is not only in such high demand, but it's hard to find. Yeah. So absolutely. it's uh, it's uh. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, hey, it's, I was reading an article, uh, top $8 million careers, okay? And uh, I was actually a little bit surprised at some of these, so I did some further research, and it's sort of by consensus out there that the top $8 million careers are as follows. How do I think of your uh, take on this? Pro athlete, okay? An actor, okay? Investment yep. banker, lawyer, Real estate developer, doctors, tech entrepreneurs. We know a couple of those. Yep. And sales guys. So what do you think? Those are the top eight, man. Hey, look, you know, you think about it, you go top a top million dollar career, eight, you know, top million dollar careers, you know, and you think about these things, and you think about like pro athlete, you know, yeah. or, an, or an actor. You know, you, you think about the difference between a, a B actor. And an A actor, Tom Cruise, you know, yeah. but take your pro athlete. And here's what I like to remind people. It's Saturday, December, or I'm Saturday, what, September 17th. Yeah. It's college football day. 125 division one college football teams, each with about 100 players. Yeah. 12,500 college football players out there. Wow. Of those college football players at the end of the year in, in early 2022, 250 will get drafted into the NFL. Yeah. And of those 250 that get drafted, 200 will make a team. Yeah. So yeah. you go from you go from 12,500 players to 200. Oh. And you think about what separates that college player from that pro. Yeah, and it's it's an, and or that B actor from Tom Cruise, or the you know look investment banking is a doggy dog world. What the 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 yeah. you know, the the average investment banker, it, it's a lot of grit. Yeah, it's a lot of discipline. It's a lot of practice. It's a lot of sacrifice. I mean, it's you know look at look at your doctors, your million dollar doctors. These guys are in college or these guys are in med school. You know, they're, they're med school residency. They're not making a dime until they're 32, 33 years old. That in itself takes a lot of grit and discipline and focus and drive. How many, yeah, people, you know, um, how many people um, in the world are willing to, to, to do that? And, you know, you, you, you know, you, if you talk to some of these historically great athletes, like the Jerry Rice's and the Terrell Owens and Joe Montana, they will tell you that every year, they were motivated by fear of failure. And that's something that you brought up in our podcast that we did several months ago. 
These guys live in fear of not catching that touchdown pass or not hitting that home run or dropping the ground ball or missing the layup. So, you know, you do have to have drive. I mean, there is no question about it, whether you're a tech guy or a sales guy. Well, think about it something different. You're an entrepreneur, as am I. I've got my own business. Yep. I don't think about money. You know, I don't, you know, a lot of people they they think, hey, look, you're driven, you're driven by money. No, I'm driven by poverty. I'm driven by fear of poverty. I got two yeah, kids, yeah. I got a wife, two kids, whatever. And you're like, hey, you got to make it in this world. And you know, nothing scares the hell out of me more than you know, being a failure in business, um, you know, not, you know, it's, it's what motivates me more or you know, what's my biggest motivator is fear. You know, they talk about fear and greed. I don't really have the greed part. I mean, yeah, I make a great living, yeah. but it's, it's the fear of something is going to wreck my business or something is going to COVID comes along and you're like, Whoa, what's going yeah. on here? So, and, you know, and as sort of a subset of grit that you're talking about, you've got, you know, you can have perseverance and you have to be resilient. Yep. Uh, I mean, look at COVID, right? It would have been very easy for you and I to fold up shop, but we continued. I don't know about you, but I retooled my whole business. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I came home uh, the day they shut the country down. I literally came home. I left the office and uh, I went home for lunch and I looked at my wife. And I said, you and I can expect 12 months of zero revenue. I mean, yeah, that was a conversation. She's looked at me and she's like, what's the matter? I go, they just shut the country down. All yeah. the airlines, all the airlines are shut down. Yeah, um, I yeah. You know, I don't know. This thing isn't going to last two weeks. I don't know when it's all coming back, but you and I aren't going to get a dime of revenue for 12 months. And you specialize in aviation. I, 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 all of my customers are suppliers to, you know, suppliers to the airlines in some way, shape or form. You know, you're, like, you're like, holy gravity. I don't know what just happened, but it's not good. So, so how did you survive that though? I mean, we never really talked about it. I mean, what was your mindset? I mean, you do a million dollars a year in your business. I mean, how did you keep it going? And I mean, well, how did you do it? What are you going to do? You, what are you going to do? You're going to cry. I mean, yeah. you can't, you can't cry. And it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I sat down for a couple of days and I was like, you know, sort of just turned off the news and said, all right, how am I gonna, what am I going to do to, you know, uh, crawl out of this? And ultimately it's about finding where the opportunities are, you know, not where they're not, you know, where, you know, as a, as a, a great coach said to me one time, he goes, where there's crisis, there's opportunity. Yeah, yeah, you gotta go find the opportunity. You gotta go find the opportunity, you know. And uh, that's exactly what I did. I just gear, I just buckled down and, and was like, yeah, I can't cry. So you just gotta go, you know, yeah. go find. Yeah, like in my business, uh, everything changed because I used to recruit people on a face-to-face -face basis. That was part of my value proposition. You know, I specialize in Washington D.C. Represent Washington D.C. firms. I meet everybody. Well. COVID happens, you can't meet anybody anymore. So what happened is I, I totally changed my business to, to do videos now. So I use Microsoft Teams and I use Zoom to interview my candidates face-to-face. -face. Some of the interviews I recorded, uh, I got a chance to interview probably three times as many people as I normally would because now I'm interviewing via video and everyone became accustomed to it. So whereas yep. before people were hesitant 
to do a video with a stranger because it was like letting me into their house, you know, or yeah. bedroom. And now all of a sudden it was accepted practice. And it actually re-energized my business because my clients were okay with that. They're like, hey, Rob, we understand you can't meet the, you can't actually meet the candidate, but uh, do a Zoom call. And a, a Zoom video is a lot better than a phone call. So yeah. I'm like you, man, you know, we, you have to improvise all the time or else you're going to get left behind. Yeah. Hey, look, here's the difference between success and failure. You know, and, and, and uh, yeah, there's one CEO out there. He's down in Florida. And in the middle of COVID, you know, he was putting on his mask and he was buying plane tickets and he was traveling every other day. He was on a different airplane. He was going out and traveling and seeing people. And, you know, uh, you know, and he was just fighting and kicking and driving and saying, hey, I'm supporting the industry that supports me. I'm going to go out and see my customers. I'm going to go out and have meetings. I'm going to do what I can to make stuff happen. Now, how many of those trips were superfluous? Yeah. Pro probably a couple, a lot, because you're just not going to get a lot done. Yeah. But what he's doing is he's keeping those relationships going. And yeah. he's out there. And that's the difference. But, but I think that's the difference between success and failure in life, you know, not just in business, but in life. It's, hey, are yeah. you willing to go? Yeah. Are you willing to go that extra mile? Yeah. To a lot of it is, uh, done. Yeah, you know, you deal with a lot of, uh, you know, high level senior C-level people, CEOs, CFOs, COOs. My business is a little bit different. I deal more with people in the mid-market, uh, you know, 75,000 to 150,000. But I will tell you that my view on these million-dollar careers, how do you get to be involved in a million-dollar career? How do you have a million-dollar career? A lot of it is attitude. Yep. Do I deserve to make a million dollars? A lot of people are stuck in a rut, and they think, I don't deserve to be a millionaire. I'm not a smart guy. I don't have the, you know, I don't have the interpersonal skills. I'm, I don't have the drive. I'm not smart enough. A lot of it is attitude. And I think back to something that, that you and I talked about. And I think you had the perfect phrase. It's like elevating your neighborhood. Yep. Talk, talk about that a little bit. I, I, I think that's an ingenious concept. So I, 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 I you know, I, I had a, it's interesting. So I mentor a lot of college kids. And you know, I'll just be, I'll just be very blunt with them. I go ditch your loser buddies and ditch your loser buddies. They're, they're what's holding you back in life. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I go, look, the guy who wants to smoke dope, the guy yep. who is cutting class, the guy who are the, the guy or girl who is, you know, they're more focused on their sorority than they are on their grades or whatever you ditch, ditch your loser buddies yep. and elevate your neighborhood and go hang out with successful people. Yeah. And you find that successful people think differently. They think positively. There's nothing. There's no. I, I am convinced, you know, in, in today's ungodly you know, political climate, I'm convinced that if the politicians would say, instead of stop saying, we got to help these people, whatever, it's more like we're going to create opportunities and if you just change the dialogue better things happen yeah and you, you know it's interesting like you know you and i you know obviously you, you and i have a very close friend who's an incredibly successful tech entrepreneur 
And, and you think, you sit down and you talk with him and you listen to the way he talks and the way he thinks. You know, wow. It's, it's, and who he hangs out with. Yeah. You know, you, you know, it's like, who the guy hangs out with? You know, like, wow. You know, that's, uh, yeah, you think. You know the story what, about uh, Las Vegas, right? Yeah. We got to tell the, we got to tell the Las Vegas story. <laughs> so you and me and the, uh, and this guy Jack, okay, we just use first name. So you, me, and Jack were in Las Vegas, and I remember I was with uh, a family member actually, and uh, he was in the same business as Jack, and he's he's trying to impress Jack, and I remember Jack's just kind of rolling his eyes, and uh, we're walking away, and uh, my family member kind of went went a separate way. He was with somebody else, and Jack and I are walking away from the bar, and Jack goes, who is that guy anyways? And I said, I don't know, because I didn't introduce him as a family member. I, right. I, I don't know. He goes, that guy's an effing idiot. And I said, I said, really? That guy's, that guy's my brother. <laughs> he goes, he's still an effing idiot. <laughs> I'll never forget that, man. That was hilarious, and that's what it is. It's elevating his neighborhood. You know, he, yeah. Jack hangs out with certain types of people and, and like he is yeah. very discriminating and, and he's kind of ruthless, but the guy's worth millions. You know I mean? This is how he, he thinks differently. He thinks exactly well, right. well, here's the great, here's the story I like to tell these college kids and about, about elevating your neighborhood. And this is a conversation I had with my niece out in San Diego. And it's like, you know, Jeff Bezos, you know, Jeff Bezos before he started Amazon, was an investment banker and he made some money as an investment banker and he actually went down a path which failed. Huh, interesting. And he went down this path and it really wasn't working out, but he was with a buddy and his buddy took him down to this neighborhood in Silicon Valley and he introduced him to these two guys who were kind of hanging out and doing this thing in their garage. And it just so happens their names were Larry and Sergey. And he's like, wow. And he listened to what those guys were doing. And he's like, I'm investing a quarter million bucks in your business. And they're like, cool. And they gave him stock. And, um, you know, here we are 25 years later. His $250,000 investment in Google is now worth $8 billion. Right. And you think about, you think about like, you know, here's Bezos, kind of an investment banker. He's in the tech crowd, but he's hanging out with other movers and shakers in the tech crowd who just yeah. happened to introduce him to a couple guys. And oh, by the way, he's got enough vision to sit there and say, what you guys are doing is going to rock it. So he puts a quarter million bucks in. So Bezos, without Amazon, would be a billionaire just off that quarter million dollar investment in Google. Wow, but, but, I didn't know that. But it just comes down to what I was telling my niece. I'm like, look, you know, if you're hanging out with, she was a waitress or you know, waitress out in San Diego. I said, if you're hanging out with waiters and waitresses who just want to go get drunk and high after work in San Diego, then guess what? You know, you're, you're, you're stuck. You know, yeah. don't, yeah, you're stuck. That's where you're going to be. But if you start if you start to figure out who's who in your neighborhood, 
or go to networking meetings in San Diego. There's a lot of tech people in San Diego or just go find the Rotary Club or just go find people who are successful. Your whole mindset will change. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that is that small tweak, which costs nothing, which, you know, is a very positive step you know, gets you to that, you know, is one great step to get you to that next level. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That, that's why, uh, you know, networking, it's, it's difficult to come up with an ROI on networking, but, you know, the more people you talk with, the better networker you are, and the more you can identify and discern those valuable relationships, the better off you're going to be. No yeah. question about it. Yeah. Yeah, my father used to uh, tell me all the time when I was a kid, he said, you show me who you hang out with and I'll show you who you are. You know, isn't that the absolute, isn't that the absolute truth? And um, yeah, that's, you know, that's, you, you think about the grit, the determination, you know, look, I, I'm convinced absolutely everybody in the world, you hear so many stories of, you know, immigrants coming to this country with a hundred bucks in their pocket or yeah. you know, whatever. I am absolutely convinced everybody could have a million dollar career if they would allow themselves to have a million dollar career and, you know, and, and it, it, get rid of the, get rid of the, uh, you know, just get rid of the bad influences that prevent them from doing it. Yes. So just kind of as a follow-up to that, I just had a, I just completed a search for a woman. Uh, her name's Kim and she had been sort of bouncing around in this career making $50,000, $60,000 a year in personal lines insurance. She was an account manager. She's a very talented uh, woman, single mom, really struggling, living in an apartment. And I used to tell her, I said, Kim, you know, you got to stop thinking of yourself as just a $60,000 a year person. Mm -hmm. You're much better than that. I mean, right. I work with sales producers who are making five, dollars $600,000 a year. They're no smarter than you. They're no more driven than you are. They don't have, you know, the drive that you have, the, the inner connectivity you have, the interpersonal relationships. There's, there, there's nothing that really separates you from them except the, your outlook, you know, your confidence. I told her, I said, if I can put you at the right company, you will make a million dollars. As a sales producer, you know how much sales people make. I mean, salespeople... This is one of the $8 million careers, sales guy or sales gal, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of it was she had to reorganize her mind, how she viewed herself. Mm -hmm. And once she got out of her comfort zone and kind of walked across this dark space to the other side, she did fine. Yep. You know, and there's other people that I'm sure you know, too, that started out in sales all of a sudden. You know, they started thinking of themselves as a as a great salesperson. And you know what? The sales started to started to come. So a lot of it is just changing the perception of who you are. Yep. And 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 it you know, and it's it's such a positive tweak. And all it really takes is somebody to go, yo, you know, it, you know, it's 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 a little bit of candid, you know, people are afraid to be candid now because we don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, I'll be candid with people. You're hanging out with loser buddies. You're screwing up. You are whatever. 
you know, my, my father was, my father passed away when he was 60 years old. Um, he was a, a, you know, mammoth alcoholic, you know, uh, you know, he passed away from alcoholism and because he was an alcoholic, his career never took off. He could not, he was a scholarship athlete in college. Um, you know, it was always like the, you know, the guy that was supposed to early on in life, um, huh. You know, was the guy who was supposed to, you know, be the, the the next coming of whatever, but then he developed a drinking problem, and it's like, yeah. yeah, hey, look, when you're if you're, you know, it was a self destructive thing, and no matter where he went, he took that self destruction with him to the point where, yeah, sixty years old, I think he just gave up and said, you yeah, know, screw it, I'm done. But you know, yeah, that's kind of the, you know, it's you, know, you think about, hey, look, you focus your mind and go, I am a person who can do great things. Absolutely right. Or you tell somebody, if you showed up on time in the appropriate attire, which I'm not wearing right now, um, but if you showed up on time in the appropriate attire, ready to go, ready to do business, yeah, think of the success that you would have. Versus, you know, showing up late, scattered, harried, unprepared. Yeah, oh, we'll be okay. We're gonna do. We're just gonna get there on the fly. Um, yeah, people see through that stuff, and it, you know, it, it, it hurts. Yeah, it, hurts. it is a mindset. It, it's a mindset. I remember when I got out of college, my best friend's dad was a senior executive at Boeing. I mean, he was way, way up there. He was a sales guy, right? I mean, this guy, I'm pretty sure he was the number one sales guy for Boeing, man, because this guy was unbelievable. He was a pitcher in the minor leagues for the Boston Red Sox. He was like the package of a sales guy. He looked like a sales guy. Big, tall, good-looking guy. Sure. Right? Huge hands. I mean, he was Mr. Big, right? So I remember I was over at their house in uh, – he lived in Buffalo, New York. And I got up – it it was a holiday over uh, college vacation or something. So I was sleeping in the guest bedroom and, mm -hmm. and I was walking downstairs to get something to eat at breakfast. And his dad uh, had just gotten up and I heard him from the master bedroom bathroom. I heard some guy in there clapping his hands, fast Eddie, let's go to work. <laughs> and, and I'm like, his name was Don. I said, Don, what the hell was that? I, you know, I, I didn't say hell. I said, Hey, I thought I heard you say something in the bathroom. Were you talking to me? He says, no, no, Rob. He says, you don't have to understand me. He says, I'm a sales guy. He says, sales is all about a mindset. Yeah. I am just going to sell, sell, sell. To, I, I am going to close deals today. Yep. And he was like, it started from one time he got up out of bed, he'd look in the mirror and he'd clap his hands, just like in the movie, Fast Eddie. Yeah. Instead of let's play some pool, it was let's make some sales, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, I started doing it. That's when that famous movie with Paul Newman and Jackie yeah. Gleason. Uh, but anyways, a lot of it is just a mindset. I mean, yeah. you you, you got to believe in yourself, man. Yep. Yeah. You know, look, and and you know, you you've got a military background. You know, special forces, and you see these special forces guys. You know, the the Navy SEALs or the the Army Rangers and or the the Green Berets or the yeah, you know, they've got that mindset. They're not Rambo. They're not, you know, they're, they've got this mindset that yeah, I will, you know, people asked me, it was really funny when I went to officer candidate school, um, I was kind of a slow starter. And, uh, you know, the first thing they do up there is, is, 
Yeah, they, they, they make you pay three bucks, which is like insult to injury. They shave your head. <laughs> and, you to, yeah, and you have to pay three bucks for the privilege, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you're getting the dog snot beat out of you by this. Uh, we had this drill instructor who's a professional bodybuilder. And he was, Rob, he was the scariest dude I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they make him he's scary. In your, and he's in your face. And you, you, you've got this shaved head. And you're tired. And you don't like, you know, and, and like 30% of the guys in my officer candidate school class quit within the first week and then yeah you know, that's their goal is the drill instructor wants you to, their goal is we're going to make the we're going to make the people who can't handle this quit and then it came my turn in the barrel and he's like why don't you quit i'm like no sir i'm not quitting he's like why won't you quit and i said because one i am not going home with this fucked up haircut <laughs> and looking my dad in the face and telling him i quit so there's no other for no other reason than that. Yeah. You know, if you want me out of here, you throw me out. But I'm not quitting. And that was about all the reason he needed. And when he heard me say that, you know, he was like, okay. Yeah. It didn't get any, it didn't get any easier. Yeah. But he left me alone. But but ultimately there, there's some motivator that somebody has. Quitting is very easy, but it's really not. I yeah. mean, you, you quit and you're like, oh, I should have just hung out one more day or one more hour. You know, and 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 ultimately, everybody in their in their career has a you know they've they've got something there that will not allow them to quit if they would just listen to that little voice that says, "This is the reason I won't quit." Right? Yeah, those are yeah these are inner motivations that everybody has uh, differently. You know, what drives us. What drives me is is a little different than what drives you. Uh, I know that my middle son is a Green Beret, and uh, he talked about his qualification course. It's called the SFAS, Special Forces Assessment and Selection. And I know what his mindset was. He said, Daddy, he says, you know, I'm not coming home without my Green Beret. Mm -hmm. And if I do, it'll be in a coffin because I'm just not going to quit. Mm -hmm. They will have to literally kill me. Or I'm getting my green beret, and, and that was that was his mindset. And I, and I remember him telling me they had to do one last 15 kilometer ruck, and his 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 boots broke, and they tell him to carry an extra extra set. Well, the extra set that he had was a brand new pair of boots that had never been broken in, and he said by the time he got a kilometer, he could feel his feet tearing apart and yep. the blood swishing around in his boots, and he said. There's no way I'm going to make it 12 kilometers in this condition. But he said at some point, he just started running as fast as he could. Yeah. And he made it. And that was his mindset. He's yeah. just quitting is not an option. And yeah. I, I think that's the same attribute that it takes to be a millionaire. I mean, you got to have grit. You got to have mental acuity. You've got to have drive. Got to have leadership. Mm-hmm. You have to have to be able, you know, willing and able to work as a team. But you got to have support any way around it, and you got to have support from the right people. Exactly, and that's the thing, yeah. and that's you know, and that's the thing. Um, yeah, look, I go back, you know, I, and I'm always, you know, I'm always happy to talk to people about every step of the way where I failed, because yeah, you don't learn from your victories, you know, at the end of the day, and, yeah. and I think about like. 
you know, all the intelligence. When I came out of the Navy and I started my first job at Gulfstream Aircraft, you know, I was, I was cocky. I was arrogant. I was, you know, a whole lot of things. I was dumb. I was way over my skis and I was dumb because if I just sat back and instead of trying to be the guy who impressed people, I should have been the person who was just trying to learn from them. And, and, you know, I think about when I was 31 years old to the time I was 35, if I just sat back a little bit more and instead of, you know, trying to be the guy asking for support from the right guys where I would have been, how much further I would have been in, 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 in a couple of years. Well, well, I mean, what you say is, is, is definitely true. There was a Navy SEAL, his name escapes me, but he wrote a book. It's called 25 Attributes of Success. Okay. His website is The Attributes. Okay. There's a free plug for the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. And one of his things under team ability, you know, is humility. You have to be humble. Yep. If you're a, I mean, it's okay to have some narcissistic qualities because that's what it takes to go above and beyond, you know, but mm-hmm. you have to be humble. You have to have, have to be, uh, you have to have that certain humility because otherwise you're never going to learn anything. Yep. You know? Yep. And that's, and, and, and at the end of the day, I, you know, I think people are so busy trying to be that what they should be doing is trying to learn. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there, you know, is uh, if you just say, hey, will you teach me? I think it's important for everyone to have a mentor. I mean, like you said, you mentor people. You know what I mean? That's very important for somebody to have a mentor. Yep. It's a critical success factor. Like all three of my uh, sons now work in the uh, corporate world. And I tell them all the time, you know, you got to identify somebody in your organization who's a lot smarter than you, a lot more senior in a big, you know, in a larger, you know, leadership role and, uh, you know, develop and cultivate that relationship so that they become your mentor. And that's like half the battle, man. Yeah, man. That's, that's it. You know, it's like learning, you know, you, 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 nobody, nobody made it by doing, but you know, by just doing, you gotta learn, you gotta learn stuff. What, you know, like I'm always learning, you know, now I'm like, Whoa, Teach me something. I, I have conversations with people now, and I'm like, "Whoa, you can you can make money doing that? Really?" Yeah. And tell them, I'm like, "Wow." You know, it's amazing too. Is like everybody has a story. Yep. My wife says this a lot. I don't care if it's the guy sweeping up a street corner, emptying the garbage, serving your table, mm-hmm. whatever. Whoever this person is, anybody in Walmart, anybody in Costco, anywhere that they've got a story, and there's something that we can learn from them. And maybe it's it's as simple as knowing how to be humble, you know. Why not? I mean, that's that's the whole, you know. It's it's uh, yeah. The the I think it's the 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 lust to learn about other people. You go. I go to the gym. You see the same people in the gym every morning. You go. To, I go to the gym in the morning at promptly six fifty in the morning. I'm there, and I see the same people. Well, if you're seeing the same people there. Yeah. You know, it's on you to some point go, hey, I'm Craig. I see you here every day. You go up and you yeah. shake their hand and you, you get to know them, right? Yeah, exactly. And so there's yeah. one guy, there's a there's a guy there that's 75 year old. He's 75 years old. He's just cool. 
African-American guy. He goes in there with his son every day and you learn his story. Yeah. And he's like, and he handed me this piece of paper, literally this, this piece of paper I'm literally holding up. And he says, go to the VA, man. You need to get your VA benefits because I've never done that. He was a door gunner in Vietnam. Huh. And you think about it, he tells a story and then you find out his wife was retired Delta Airlines and they just got back from Vegas. You hear his story. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. And then, yesterday, and then yesterday I was at the gym at 650 in the morning and this guy's doing kind of yoga. He's a really impressive workout, but he's always doing, you know, kind of this yoga stuff and huh. you know, stuff I can't do. And I go, he's like, yeah, I got to go to work in 20 minutes. I go, where do you work? And he goes, I work at Cape Fear Customs. I work on cars. Huh. So he, yeah, he customizes cars. He's like, yeah, so I have to stay in shape because working on cars is tough. So you, <laughs> yeah. you start to learn about people, I know, I know. but, but you know, it's, that's the cool thing. And you're like, wow, that's, that's awesome. You hear their stories. And, you know, what you just mentioned uh, triggered something. Remember a few months ago, you and I did the uh, profiles of talent. Yeah. Uh, series. And uh, I'm thinking about curiosity. Remember that Harvard, uh, that Harvard Business School study, that seminal study that they did had, had those four things, determination, curiosity, insight, yep. interpersonal skills. We're just talking about curiosity. I mean, what you're talking, and curiosity, if, if you look at the attributes that this Navy SEAL did, the top 25, mm -hmm. mental acuity. Okay, so mental, mental acuity, curiosity, insight, these are all yep. mental attributes and curiosity it's extremely important. You should always be curious. It's, it's, it's an automatic door opener when you're talking with your boss or your mentor or somebody that you want to be a member. Yep. My advice to younger people is always remain curious. Ask yep. people, what's your story? You know, well, how many see people, common ground. Yeah. You know, like how many people, you start to see a pattern and um, yeah, the pattern of people, how many times have you talked to somebody on the phone? You said, all right, we well, had this, you're looking at the resume. So you, they, they've, you know, they've, they've had a job for two years. Well, why'd you leave that job? Well, you know, it was like my boss. We just weren't getting along. You know, okay, gotcha. Then they see the next job. And it's like, well, why'd you leave that two years? Why'd you leave that job? Oh, well, the company was having a hard time. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, they had, to, they had to lay somebody off. And I was the person who got laid off. Okay, whatever. And then you see the next job, a year and a half. And you're like, well, what happened here? Oh, well, you know, it just wasn't, you know, they just didn't give me the right team to work with. And you're seeing this pattern. Yeah. And you want to say, dude, you know, do you see a pattern here in your life? <laughs> yeah. You know, you're the guy that can't get along. You're the guy that, you know, of the hundred people in the company, one's got to get laid off. It's you. It's really not called a layoff. It's really, they fired you. Um, yeah. They just, they did you a disservice by calling it a layoff when they should have just fired you and told you the reasons why. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you yeah. see other, and then you see other people and they're like, yeah, I got my master's from Georgia tech. Uh, I talked to this guy, Rob, this is no, this, I talked to this guy the other day, 32 years old. He's finishing up his PhD. And he's been really successful. Young guy, he's been really successful. And I'm like, why would you even think about doing something different? And he says, because I run faster than my company. Really? I'm, yeah, I, I'm 100 miles an hour. They're 80. I can't. I just can't wait. I need. I need. I need to get in the fast lane. 
And he told me his story. And the whole time he's calling me, sir. And I go, don't call me, sir. My name's Craig. Uh -huh. He's like, no, you don't understand. I, I, I'm, I was raised to call you, sir. I'm calling you, sir. I'm like, okay, you gotta call me, sir. Call me, sir. Yeah. But this guy was like laser focused. He was like really successful. I mean, you think about these people that are like, yeah, hey, I just want more. I have this appetite for more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have this appetite for more. And, you know, I think that's what gets me so frustrated about it. I'll, 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 I'll bring the political environment. That's what gets me so frustrated about the political environment is people want to enable mediocrity when mm -hmm. i think that everybody out there unless you've got some sort of you know, horrible affliction you know, alzheimer's or some sort of horrible affliction i think i think everybody has an ability to be great yeah yeah absolutely but they're, but they're mired in their media they're, they 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 have an ability to be great but they're happy being mediocre right that's and what i mean it, it's a mindset and why they're happy being mediocre they want other people to oh I'm mediocre, so somebody else paid for my college because my mediocrity doesn't pay enough to pay the bills for the university degree I got. Or pick a pick an issue. But the, the bottom line is I really think the people who want to be awesome have that ability to be awesome if they would just you know, either find that thing or find that person who can help them get out of that, yeah. that, that issue. It's like my candidate, Kim, I said, it's a mindset. It's an attitude. You have to develop the mindset, the confidence that you can do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here's what my clients want. I'm sure yours are the same way. Well, here, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about winners. Yeah. Okay. My, my clients want winners. Winners don't quit. My youngest son is a San Francisco 49ers football fan. They used to have a coach named Mike Singletary. Yeah. A Hall of Fame linebacker for the Bears. Big, tough guy, right? He was the head coach for the Niners, I don't know, going back seven, eight years. And there's a famous incident for all sports fans out there. So Vernon Davis, who was the number six pick in that particular draft, is playing tight end for the Niners, right? They're in a big game. It's Monday night football, right? And the camera pans over to Vernon Davis. And he had just dropped a couple of passes. Mm -hmm. And he was not sitting with the team. He was down at like around the 15-yard line, and he was kneeling down with his hand on the helmet, looking down, completely mentally checked out of the game. Okay? All of a sudden, the camera pans down, and you see Mike Singletary walk over. So he's walking 30 yards down the field. He says something in Vernon Davis's ear, and Vernon Davis immediately walks into the locker room. Mm -hmm. He ordered him off the field. Kicked them off the team, basically. Yeah. So the Niners go on, and they lose the game. And in the locker room, you know, when the coach has his uh, press conference, somebody says, Coach Singletary, what happened to Vernon Davis? He's one of the best guys on your team. Why did you kick him off the field? You could have used that guy. You And, and you lost the game. And Singletary said, there's a famous YouTube clip out there. It's, it's phenomenal. If you, if you uh, Google... Mike Singletary, Vernon Davis, winners, you'll see it. It's mm -hmm. hilarious. So he says, I will take the field with 10 people instead of 11 and lose the game if I know I've got 10 winners. Mm -hmm. He goes, I want winners. Mm -hmm. Winners. 
Can't win without him. Can't coach without him. Mm-hmm. Can't do anything without him. Right. Winners. I want winners. That was his thing. And you know what? Vernon Davis came out the next week and became an all-pro. Yeah, man. The rest is history. They went to the Super Bowl. Singletary had it right. Yep. He wants winners. My clients, right? They want winners. For all for all the candidates out there that want to be millionaires out there, you got to be a winner, man. Right. People want winners. You have to have that winning mindset. Yep. You go down there with the attitude. You go into your your job every day or your career, be it, you know, you go in there and you say, today is the day that this, yeah, this gets done. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, look, it's, it's fear. A lot of people just fear, you know, they, they, you know, they have a fear of, you know, there's a, you know, there's a success. They don't know how to win. They don't know how to win. They, or, or they're afraid to succeed because they don't know what happens if, well, what happens if I just kick ass today? What happens if I just really knock it out of the park? And, 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 um, you know, those are the folks that are, are, you know, it's, it's, those are the folks that are getting it done. And those are the folks in your organization. Like, all right, I got a hundred people in my organization. I got 50 or I got 20. I go, who are the eight people that I could really get? Who, who are the eight people I could drive today? Great. You know, who are the eight people I could, you know, really win with today? And who are the people that are, yeah, just here. Yeah. And, you know, uh, th- there's a certain type of person mm-hmm. that I look for, particularly for a sales job, a young person, because all my clients want young sales guys or young, or young sales gals. You think about it in college, who has the grit, the mental acuity, the drive in the leadership and the team ability? Mm-hmm. It's a competitive college athlete. Yep. Right. You think yep. about this. So again, all the young people out there, don't be afraid to participate in college athletics or any type of a competitive sport because that builds grit, yep. mental acuity, drive, leadership. Think about football, basketball, baseball. Mm-hmm. That's where all that comes together. Mm-hmm. And my clients look for that. So competitive sports backgrounds or any type of a competitive background, even debating, you know, but competitive academics competitive sports it really starts to condition your your mentality it, it really it really informs you it's almost like forming a habit yep yep i mean and 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 like you know um yeah everybody talks about the great buzzword right now is have empathy i'm all about empathy you know i'm all about it look i am probably one of the most empathetic people out there underneath you know kind of a a, a gruff i'm actually a very empathetic guy <laughs> and I, I and I think that you know I sort of laugh. You're gonna have to explain uh, that to me. Too. Well, I, I, <laughs> I think that, but but look, it's like it's like you have people that really want to do well, and then yeah. you got people. Yeah, you know, I talked to a CEO once. And I was like, "Who's your two worst performers?" Because he really wanted to hire somebody, but he couldn't figure out a way to. Uh, he couldn't figure out a way to get him on board. He just couldn't. Didn't have the money. I said, "Who are your two worst performers?" And he said. Joe and Jill, whatever, said, fire them. Yeah. Fire them today. And then you can afford a winner on your team. And you know what? The rest of your team are going to come up to you this week and they're going to say, why did it take you so long? Yeah. Right. Now, people may say that's a very unempathetic thing. And I'm like, no, it's really not. Yeah. Because you just gave your two lowest performance the opportunities to go find greatness because they're not finding it with you. 
And maybe you're helping them if you're honest with them and telling them, hey, look, you're getting fired because, you know, here's, oh, you're what, right. you, here's what your next organization needs to see from you to see, well, you just did them a favor. And then the rest of your organization, you showed them empathy because all of a sudden now you're taking the, you know, the energy suckers out of the organization or out mm -hmm. of the room and you're giving them ability to do, to do better. Well, you're right. You know, empathy is uh, out of these 25 attributes I referred to earlier the Navy SEAL. Actually, empathy is under his category of leadership, but there's a, but there's another two subcategories along with empathy, and that's decisiveness and accountability. Yeah. And if you're decisive and you make people accountable, that has a way of yep. taking care of the empathy. So you took on totally the you took yeah. on the project. Show me the results. You want yeah. more work? You know, look if you can't get the simple things right, what makes me think you can get the the complicated things right? Yeah. You know, so it, it's all a function, but yeah, that's kind of my deal is I, yeah, it, it's, it's like, I could talk about this all day long, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I've seen so many people who have either, you know, just, they've built these unbelievably great careers and, and you think about it and you're like, man, that guy's a knucklehead or that girl is really not that, that brilliant. But what they've got is a lot of drive and focus and smarts and they hang out with the right people and yeah. they find ways to get it done versus excuses as to why they didn't get it done. And I think that's kind of the, uh, I think that's yeah, kind of how people find the million dollar career. I think it's, uh, I think it's easy. It's easy in, in, in today's pop culture and society to get down on yourself or down on everybody in general. Very easy. I find myself sometimes I got to fight that. I think one of the things you mentioned earlier, Craig is, you got to maintain a positive attitude. Man. You got to be optimistic uh, because other people want to hang out with people who are positive and optimistic and authentic. You know, well, a great way to do that. You know, quite frankly, they say that Instagram, great Wall Street mm -hmm. Journal the other day, uh, Instagram is harmful to girls, to young girls, adolescent girls. Wow, really interesting. Yep, and they say it is, and and I believe it because what do they see? They see all these, you know, all these influencers who are yeah. You know, perfect bodies or you know they got all these friends or they're you know these really you know they're all in the club or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and 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 you're some you know you're you're a teenage girl who's got you know, you're it's just you know hormones you know are changing and the, the mental acuity is adapting and 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 what do they see is that all this perfection but then they look at themselves and go why am i not perfect yeah. Well, God didn't make you perfect. You know, God, you know, you know God made you, you. Exactly. And it's your goal. Your job is to now go find perfection in yourself. So yeah. it may, it may mean taking up an individual sport and saying, yeah, exactly. you know, today I'm going to go run. I'm going to run a mile. You know, Zig Ziglar, a mile in a mailbox, right? Yeah. I'm going to go run a mile. Yeah. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to feel really good about running that mile. And then tomorrow I'm going to run, run a mile in a mailbox. I'm going to run to the next mailbox. You know, that is, you know, you know instead of comparing, I guess the, the point I was trying to make is instead of comparing yourself to somebody else, it's try to be the best within yourself and become the best that you can possibly be. Yeah. Yeah. And there's your, yeah, there's your, yeah, there's your answer. Yeah. And, and and the social I totally media. get it yeah so, yeah I think with the, with like this movie Top Gun that I'm sure you're familiar with coming in you know I don't know about this new one but the old one the theme was the best of the best 
right? There's that famous scene, Tom Cruise, right? Only Tom Cruise could play that part. And Tom Cruise is like the best. I can't remember exactly where it is, but I remember he says, I want to, I'm the best of the best, or I want to be the best of the best. But if you really think about it, I think that's a bunch of bullshit because yeah, yeah. I think that most people, at least myself, the way I think, I don't want necessarily need to be the best of the best. I want to be the best that I can be. Yep. So I spend my time thinking about how can Rob Houghton get better by talking with Craig and yeah. guys like Jack and my brother and all these other you know people who are a lot more successful, a lot more smarter than me. I want to be the best that I can be. How can I, I be a little about how being can, the best of the best? How right? can I be? A, how can I be a little better tomorrow than I was today? Exactly right. So, and and that's that's yeah, one of my takeaways. That's the key thing. And, and like I said, you know, everybody can have a million dollar career. It's just yeah. a function of you know, get you know, elevate the neighborhood. You know, hang out with winners. You know, change the mental. Yep, focus, mindset. Get rid of your loser buddies. You know figure out what it is what's that trigger that will not allow you to quit and you're good and that's it's really a pretty simple i i honestly think it's probably a pretty simple simple recipe yeah, yeah I, I think it is and uh i appreciate you coming on the show we're going to do this you and me a lot more in the future i'm i'm really looking forward to this this is exciting stuff man i mean i've already learned a, a few things that you probably saw me writing down just just you and i talking this is really good stuff i Looking forward to doing it. We're going to have some guests on the show. I'm sure this is going to generate a lot of emails, phone calls, comments. So what are we going to do next week? Who knows? But it'll be interesting. I'll guarantee you that. There so you again, go. thanks a lot. I'm looking forward to really ratcheting this up. And uh, until next week, that's I'm it. Looking forward to it, Rob. Thanks, man. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.